gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. He'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just dives in. Welcome in Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert here with you, along with Pro Phil, Mad Dog Mullinex. This is nickname list continues to grow. Yeah. Uh, our friends used to call him Pro Phil. And uh, I don't know where Skipper came up with that from, Phil. I, I, I never have explored the origins with Pro Phil. I thought maybe like you're like a reminded him of a golfer or something, but I need to ask him about that. I believe it was a conversation yeah he and the missus were having and he was like i'm pro phil <laughs> oh so it's okay so he was describing himself okay well that's good anyway pro phil matt dog Mullinax is here with us jamie bradford is taking his golf birthday outing today and we certainly wish him a happy birthday and um you know, all of a sudden, he kind of keeps the trains running on time around here. So we're going to try our best uh, to do that. Uh, obviously, it was me and Phil. We we love the chat box. We love interacting with all you guys. So welcome in for that. <clears throat> we should have some fun there with that. We I know we have Trey Biddy coming up, Phil from um, our our Arkansas site. And I didn't I didn't know you. Know, it's been busy out at Arkansas with their portal situation and stuff. And Trey does a show every day. I wish we could figure out how to do his set, man, because it looks fantastic. Yeah, he's um, good. He, Great. Yeah, it doesn't man, look he, like green screen either. Yeah. It's amazing what he does. But yeah. um, he's uh, taken some time to join us to fill us in on Rocket Sanders uh, and sort of some things that, uh, you know, he knows about Rocket from covering him in Arkansas. And we love Trey. We love when he comes on. And, uh, you know, Gamecocks, uh, obviously 2022, we had him on a lot to talk Arkansas, but uh, anytime we can get that guy on, he's literally one of the most talented people uh, in my industry uh, with the way he runs his site uh, out there, hogsports.com. And we are certainly happy he's a part of the 24-7 Sports Network, as always. I want to encourage everybody to download the Chief Sports app. Uh, we talked to Chad Holbrook yesterday that you got all of your um, chin music up there. And that's going to be a great podcast. 
I tell you, you know, I, I keep thinking the, the the name Joe Rogan keeps going through my mind. And and look, Joe Rogan's one of a kind and best at his craft. And uh, what I like about him uh, is he's a very good conversationalist. Uh, and I think Chad's got that same ability. I'm not saying he's going to be Joe Rogan, but I am saying that, uh, you know, that's that, that podcast. If you, if you're just a podcasting person, now we're kind of, we're not just a podcast anymore. We're kind of a show that has a podcast format. Uh, it's like live radio, but, uh, if you're one of these people that likes podcasts, you know, I, I, please go get on the Chief Sports app, listen to it. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And, hey, no, I've not been to a Blackhawks game. Uh, we were going to go one time, and then weather got us kind of sidetracked. I got to, you know, when I go into Chicago, I have to Uber back and forth because I'm not going to go down there and have beers and drive back. I'm just not because uh, it's insane. And so it got a little snowy and icy, and we said, eh, we hadn't bought our tickets yet, so we didn't go. But I plan on doing it. They say hockey, if you go in person, it's like 10 times better than on TV. And certainly there's oh, a lot yeah. of passion uh, with the, the kid they got, the number one pick last year is supposed to be the Michael Jordan or the next Michael Jordan of hockey or whatever. So we'll see about that. We're going to get Hale McGranahan in here. Hell yes. Let's Hell bring yes. Hell yes. Here we are. Talking so about a busy the, man. Welcome in, Hale. We got the OG lineup today. JB is yeah. golfing because it was his birthday this week. So uh, you guys, we all share a birthday month, don't we? What year in yours in December too? Yeah, y'all sang happy birthday to me last week. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if it was November or not. The week's kind of oh, yeah, yeah. So you're a December okay. baby, JB's a December baby, and I I'm the day after Christmas. So the day after Jesus was born. <laughs> JC came into the world. That's right. <laughs> uh one of our sponsors, Tony Pope, uh, he celebrated his birthday yesterday. Shout out to him. His birthday's on Christmas Day. I was about two hours away from being a actual Christmas baby. So um, my mother actually went to the hospital and went to labor Christmas night. And I was born about one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. My big old head. So anyway, we're all Capricorns. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think, aren't you Capricorn? Wouldn't you be a Capricorn? No, I'm, I, I would be, or I am Sagittarius. Oh, so it. Yeah, so the oh the cutoff is like okay, all right. So, oh, anyway, we're all born in December. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, hail! Uh, it's been a very uh, busy week of activity, obviously with the transfer portal and stuff. Um, I guess you Carolina's waiting on one public welcome home uh, reveal. I guess is that is that yeah. be accurate? That, um, that is. You know, so just just kind of walk us through your thoughts on you know. For, I'll start with running back. Because boy, that kind of changed quickly. Um, yeah, we were all fired up about flipping the tight end room last year, and I, I do think they did a good job. But man, this running back thing—this is this is a—it's uh, like they just said, "Hey, look, we're not gonna we're not going through that again this year." Um, so, what can you tell us uh, from your perspective? Uh, you know, we know about Rocket Sanders. Dive into Artaway and uh, you know the kid Allen that committed from um, South Carolina State last night. These transfers are really the entire roster, running back roster, has combined for more than 5,500 rushing yards in college football. That's a lot of – I don't know that there's ever been that many returning rushing yards uh, on a South Carolina football team. Granted, most of those guys were, were not at South Carolina, and most of those yards were not 
for a team in the SEC, but they've got talent. They've got experience. They've got depth. Like, like you're talking about, JC, they, they've been able to address pretty much all the concerns that that this position was dealing with from about this time last year up until, what, Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it was when these guys started committing and telling telling Shane they were, they were coming to Carolina. So they've totally turned things around. You know, when you when you had two scholarship guys returning to the position from, from this past season, one of whom is Juju McDowell, who's undersized, and we know that he can't carry a full workload. And the other is DJ Braswell, who wanted to redshirt but couldn't. So they very little experience uh, a week ago, and now they got a ton. And it, it feels like this room is much improved and, and should be a lot better than it was last season, this past season, and probably the one before that, and maybe. Uh, quite a few before before that as well. So it's it's a good looking group, a bunch of big guys. I mean, Attaway's, you know, 5'11, 220, and Rocket Sanders, depending on, on where he's at with his weight. He's, you know, he's a big dude, obviously. And Howell's like 210, 215. So uh, they got some guys who, who who can bang between the tackles and get out on the perimeter and make people miss and run away from you. And those are all good things if we're talking about running backs. So I, I think it's safe to say this this group could be in for for a nice 2024, uh, as as folks have pointed out in the chat, and we'll continue to talk about for the next what eight nine months. Uh, a lot of that's going to be dependent upon what's what's going on up front on the offensive line. Absolutely, I'm going to address that in a second. But you had a chance to talk to somebody that's known Oscar Attaway the third for a long, long time. Um, yeah. In my, in my experience too, when I used to cover uh, national recruiting, uh, I'm very familiar with North Little North Little Rock, Arkansas. I mean, they've they put out dudes at North Little Rock. Uh, I've been there. I've, I think they play their home games at War Memorial Stadium or close to War Memorial Stadium. I've been to the school before. Um, very good high school for producing talent. Uh, this kid's been at North Texas for a while. But you kind of uncovered some a story behind the story, uh, and it's on the bigspur.com if you guys want to go read the whole thing. But kind of give us an overview of, you know, when you dug into him, what you found out. Yeah, a guy named Dennis Smith uh, reached out to, to us at the Big Spur, and, and I was able to talk to him for a while. He, he sent us a really long – he sent J.C., Tony, me a message, y'all, that, that was probably like 900 words of just – raving about this guy just loves lo- absolutely loves Oscar Attaway and, and this Dennis Smith fella is a volunteer coach helps a lot with recruiting and some like player mentorship type stuff at this particular high school North Little Rock which uh, I believe he said is is an inner city school that um, pulls pulls in a lot of kids that come from less than ideal uh, circumstances and uh, this guy told me about, told us about Oscar and just how hard of a worker he is, how, how just great. He's just a great guy. Apparently he, he absolutely thinks the world of him and, and just had a ton of good things to say. Some of which I posted on, on the big spur a couple of days ago. And, and there's plenty more that, that I'm going to get to and we'll have probably, you know, closer to Christmas time as we're trying to put together some, some content for y'all, but uh, just just a, a really, really neat story for, for South Carolina fans 
to have to have a guy to get excited about. Uh, in, in addition to the fact that he's been a pretty good football player at North Texas as well, and uh, had some some productive years going all the way back to 2019, which is hard to believe. We're we're talking about a guy who's um, still got two years of eligibility uh, that signed in the 2019 class, but when you throw in the COVID year, and he had a year where he missed missed the season because of an injury. So he's got a medical that he can use. Um, so yeah, it, all that to say, he, he, he's apparently going to be a guy that, that folks are probably going to get pretty excited about in a hurry. He's going to be a grown ass man by the time he, I mean, yeah. goodness gracious. Rico Dowdle was the starting running back at Carolina in 2019. So that's, uh, that COVID year is still looming large in a lot of ways out there on the recruiting trail. And by the way, uh, if you're not a big member, cause I know our audience numbers have been insane and a lot of you are not, we're running a 50% off membership deal right now. Um, if you go ahead and join up for full price, your membership includes paramount plus. So if your wife does paramount plus and she doesn't want you to pay the $9 a month to join a website and get inside information on your favorite team, you could probably pitch it to her and say, hey, honey, we get Paramount Plus with this, and then the complaints will go away. I found it. That, that's like, I, I get, we, we've gotten canceled through the years about that. A wife won't let me do it. And, uh, but I found since we have the Paramount Plus deal that um, I don't hear that as often. So <laughs> just wanted to throw that out to all you guys listening, and you can interact with Hale and Whittle and myself and Tony Morrell, Alex Jones, uh, all of our great people there on the message board. It's a lot. Fun, I swear to God, it's a lot more fun than Twitter these days, which is insane. So, anyway, just want to let you guys know about that. Yeah, Attaway, you know, to me, you know, that that's a guy, that, and I talked to a contact uh, within the program uh, Tuesday night, and he, he told me, don't sleep on that guy, even though they love Rocket Sanders, obviously, but uh, don't sleep on that guy, you know. And then I think for a third quote unquote running back, Howell is uh that's his last name right how i think yeah Jawan 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 Howell um he reminds me a little bit of Derek Watson running the football uh that kind of shaking style but big a bigger kid because Derek was not small uh but it can accelerate um uh probably just too good to be South Carolina State to be honest probably about seven yards of carry last year for the Bulldogs looks the part built the part and he's uh, coming off of his freshman year. Hey, also, he's got three years left. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about him? And, you know, as far as kind of a a take up to kind of make, you know, because I, I heard the other day that Daniel Hill's a no-go. Uh, the door is probably is probably shut there. But um, your take on getting that guy, because, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they end up getting somebody better. Who knows? Who knows how it'll shake out? Yeah, it makes you wonder – why they didn't offer him the first time around when he was coming out of high school. I, he didn't even have a profile on 24 seven until, until I created one. Uh, I got yesterday. I think it was very under the radar. A lot of folks missed on him. One just South Carolina. A lot of folks missed on him out of high school. He had a lot of FCS and lower division two offers and, and just wasn't, wasn't a big time recruit quote unquote. And he starts off South Carolina state, He's playing a little bit. You know, he's, I think, for the first two months of the season, he was probably averaging about 40 yards a game, rushing, um, catching some passes here and there. A nice, you know, nice start to a freshman year. And then all of a sudden, he explodes for a couple hundred-yard games, has 283 yards and three touchdowns against Howard 
in their season finale. And <laughs> it's the portal, and he's at South Carolina. Interestingly enough, the day the day he committed to South Carolina was the day last year, 365 days earlier, that South Carolina State offered him. So they are, I mean, they were kind of late in. They were late too. getting the, yeah. I wonder if he was yeah, like a so, Shrine Bowl evaluation, maybe. I don't know. I don't even know if he played in the Shrine Bowl. I, I don't <laughs> Think he did. Uh, it, I, I could be wrong. Somebody, if somebody wants to fact check me on that, please feel free. Yeah. But where, Mooresville's uh, where outside of Charlotte? Yeah, Charlotte, or going up seventy-seven a little bit outside of Charlotte. Outside of Charlotte, I believe it's north. Northwest, yeah, north, Maybe. yeah, northwest. You go I seventy-seven and you cross. I think into Mooresville. I think I'm not as good at Central North Carolina as I should be. Hell, oh well. It's all right, Eastern. Eastern North Carolina, where my friend Greg Ladkey and I accidentally hit a cat one time when we were going between some of those Eastern schools, which take forever to get, but, you know, going from like over towards Wilmington to uh, Greenville to Kinston, North Carolina, uh, Goldsboro, it takes forever to get one place to another in Eastern North Carolina, but I'm familiar with that, but going up that middle part, not, not so much. Uh, yeah. Uh, Arlie says North of Charlotte near Lake Norman on 77. So who knows? I'll take him. I'll take yeah. I'll take any North Carolina guy you can get too because Carolina hadn't necessarily been landing North Carolinians lately, so yeah. um, I'll take him. I think he's really really good. Um, so uh, it's not just been at running back. You know, Carolina's gotten a couple of receivers. You called the McGowan thing, um, the Brown thing. Jared Brown too from Coastal plus Jade McGowan for Vanderbilt. Um, there was a great freak out on Sunday about that because of uh, NIL money. And, and I just tell people, look, man, it's called making a deal. You, you know, everybody's got an opening salvo and whoever stays on that usually doesn't, isn't a very good negotiator. Right. You know? Um, so they ended up landing those guys. Um, you know, I, I think this, both those guys are fast. Uh, McGowan to me is a replacement basically for an Amari and Brown type. Uh, Kelton Henderson is certainly fits that bill too. coming back. Um, you know, I think we kind of know about him. You certainly do. Cause you, you were the first person I think to mention him to me. Uh, and I think quite frankly, we're the reason he was at Vanderbilt because once South Carolina passed, you know, I, I gave his name to some of my connections. So, uh, I, you know, we know about him. We talked about him, the, the Brown kid though, he's an Atlanta, Atlanta product. I, I like him. I, I like his speed. I think. I think you could do different things with him. What, what's your take on him? I, you know, there's just not. There's not a lot of film unless you sit down and watch coastal games. But if you watch it, he, he's a, he's pretty good. He, I mean, he's got he's got some burst. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys for coastal when they're doing those motions where they have the receiver coming across the formation. I, I guess behind the running backs and they're doing that triple option type stuff that they do. He was on the receiving end of, of pitches and things like that. So they were getting him out in space one-on-one and, and he's got plenty of speed and some wiggle and, and he can make folks miss when, when he's got, got a little bit of room to operate. I'm, I'm still trying to uh, find what I can on him as far as him catching passes and running downfield and stuff. And I'm sure there's plenty of that out there. I just need to take the time to, you know, watch some full coastal games on YouTube and uh, figure out where those plays are. Um, but he's, he's one I, I reached out to a contact who 
I'll just say who who knows him and not not someone at South Carolina and ra- again raved about him and, and the person who's raving about him was telling me how how good he is in the locker room and how much his teammates like him and how how much winning just like he just wants to win and play football like that's really what it boils down to with this guy and you know I don't want to sound too much like I'm over here you know cheerleading for these guys but uh, this is what what folks have been telling me about a couple of these these transfer portal guys that they've gotten um I mean you throw McGowan into that as well I just and I'm sure there are, there are others if, if going to be other people who say the same about some of these other guys um you know they're I, I think it speaks to what what the staff is trying to do when when they're hitting the portal. It's you know you got to get good players. Obviously, you want talent, but uh, it helps when when you can have some guys who are good in the locker room and are going to buy in and try to help you know make that whole culture thing that uh, you know gets talked about a lot, maybe a little too much for for some folks, but but guys who are who are going to be contributors that way as well and and try to do the right things and and ultimately uh just you know do all that corny stuff that that every football coach tries to preach not just in South Carolina not just at Clemson or Georgia or wherever else but uh all, all that you know all that stuff that that does matter uh it sounds like Jared Brown uh has, has a lot of that as well so I think that's kind of exciting and and I'm again interested to hear or not hear but uh watch more of him and try to make some sense of, of what he can be, you know, actually on the field as, as a player for, for Carolina. I got to ask you about Juice Wells. What's your take <laughs> on all this? Uh, now, to, yeah, we, we talked to Brad Crawford about it yesterday. Apparently, I don't know who old Miss Evie is that was on Bill's Bill King's show, but Bill, Bill usually has pretty credible guests. If it's a guest and not a, I don't, I don't know. who she is on her Thursday, but uh, she says she thinks Juice will end back up at South Carolina. So, you know, what I heard is there's talk, the door is open, but that's kind of the extent of it. It's hard for me to kind of get behind, get behind it and believe it because I think it would be overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I don't really care about the locker room stuff because that's up for the that's up to the head coach to handle and that's that's internal and and that's their business quite frankly not mine and not anybody else's out there uh if the team's okay with it then you got to move forward but there's not a better receiver in the portal you're going to get than juice wells um and you start talking about the pieces they put together that's a big one that if he did elect to return to the gamecocks would be enormous in my opinion yeah i think you hit the nail on the head if if the head coach and his staff and more importantly, his teammates are cool with it, then fine. Like whatever. (laughs) I know I was just talking about the culture and all that corny type of stuff and how important that can be. But uh, also before I went down that little, the little, you know, rant talking about talent, like that's what all it boils down to who are the best players how many of them can you get on your football team? And as long as they're not bad people, then who cares? <laughs> it's, yeah, and I, and I, I'll say this. He's a bad guy. It's like, not like Juice was hated by his team. I mean, you know, 
anybody that thinks that, go watch Eric Douglas last year in the huddle tell Marcus Satterfield to get that dude the ball. I mean, I, you know, maybe this year there were some instances where they, there may have been some respect lost or whatever. But, look, we all make mistakes. I, I don't think this is something – it's not like he stole from a teammate or anything like that. Or, or it's not like you know the Xavier. It's not even like the Xavier McLeod situation. It's just it's it, it's kind of a he's kind of a victim, whether or not he comes back or not, of, of today's college football uh, atmosphere, so to speak. Uh, you know, our Tennessee was done with him last weekend. Our Tennessee, they're like hey, they're like, they're not going to go on it. Um, Texas has a player from Houston that's above him on their board that they really want out of the portal. I mean, they could take both, but, you know, there's that NIL thing. And then it seems like by the day, Ole Miss is less and less confident. So process of elimination, you know, it, it may be that, that he does return. And I think uh, – I mean, Juice Wells belongs here. I, I've said before, like, look, it's – um, South Carolina, historically, there's been very few athletes that they've taken care of as well as Juice across the board. You know, which is why it surprised me that he jumped in. Uh, yeah, I, I don't agree that he is all either. I, I'm concerned about football team and winning. <laughs> you know, all the other stuff, like I said, you know, the, the, the oh, it's not good for the locker room chemistry. Shane Beamer can figure that out, and he's got to make that. That's what head coaches make millions of dollars to do primarily. Those are their decisions. Uh, looks like there's a public of the we do know the welcome home hail. Yeah, the the last one. Did they, have you guys seen this? Is it up? Is it here? A pass rusher from Georgia Tech, who, by the way, Florida State wanted the yeah. portal king, the the true portal kings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they may say they didn't want him. I don't know. I don't know what the spin will be coming out of Tallahassee, but he did visit there last weekend, and looks like the Gamecocks got him. Um, before I hand it to you, uh, you know, what I hear is Sterling Lucas and Travian Robertson love this kid and they really, they like him better than some other, maybe higher profile guys with big recruiting rankings out of high school. Uh, he's from Atlanta, Riverwood high, uh, tall lean, six, five, two forty five, two big plays for Georgia tech three-year contributor. Take it away. Hell tell us what they're getting in Kyle Kennard. Yeah, I think he had four sacks in the Wake Forest game this season. Six for the season. Uh, four sacks in a game. That's that's pretty awesome, right? I don't I don't know that <laughs> that it's going to get much better than that. Uh, and I know it's just one game, but that's speaking in, about uh, positions that don't have much returning in terms of production. Uh, defensive end is right at the top of the list for for this team and. They've been able to address it with with this guy, Kennard, Kyle Kennard, who's who looks the part and and he's played a lot and and I think gonna be able to come in and compete for a starting job and probably win a starting job considering what's coming back and what's coming in is it's uh it's gonna be you know a, a nice get I think I, I I again I'm still trying to uh, watch what I can. Uh, on YouTube with these guys and, and figuring out uh, a, an opinion about them as players, other than just looking at the stats and, and reading about them. Uh, just trying to see with my own two eyes, my own two eyes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So 
big body with with experience and and going to potentially be a starter and probably be a pretty good player. I, I think that's very necessary uh, uh, in that position, uh, among others on this football team and 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 defensive ends probably uh, after quarterback the most important position on your team. Some would say and and they needed to to be able to address address it and, and they certainly have in, in the high school ranks with Dylan Stewart and everybody's real fired up about him obviously but uh, you do need guys who are experienced because as we all know uh, linemen defense <laughs> offense whatever uh, are going to need some time to develop and, and get get up to speed yeah and I'm sorry for my internet nobody's here so nobody's using the microwave so I have no idea so forgive me, I, and I can't because JB's not here. I can't get up and go fix it. Uh, so I apologize for that. I, I'm going to call a bitch. I'm going to be a Karen today, calling Comcast. I'm like, you know how much money we there. pay you to, to – to, I pay them – we pay them a bunch every month. I'm also going to go in the kids' room and see if anything's downloaded and unplug the damn thing. I've told them, don't do it. Don't do it. This, this is where I work. You know, this, is, this is my office. Don't do it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, n- nobody's here. That's not here or anything like that. But anyway, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it is one of those things. I, I like Kennard I, talking to somebody the other day, Hale, they're not quite as worried about edge as maybe we are. I'm always perpetually worried about edge or end because I'm a big defensive line guy and believe you need 18 of them. <laughs> uh, but you know, they, they pointed out JT gear, for example, didn't do much last year. Well, guess what? He had a massively bad high ankle sprain. It was hobbled the whole season. So he, he, you know, and he was having a good preseason before he unfortunately got hurt. Desmond Umi Zulu is going to develop, you know, Brian Thomas jr. Is good for, I think 10 or 15 snaps, especially in pass rushing situations. Uh, Elijah Davis is moving outside. You know, you have Dylan Stewart coming in who is going to play immediately. Uh, you know, so I do think they needed a guy. Do they need another one? If there's a good one, yes. If not, you know, I, I think they can be okay, uh, especially if uh, Dylan Stewart comes in and starts, which I think he will, uh, or at least be right there in the 2D playing a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, and then you mentioned the YouTube thing, trying to find clips on Kyle Kennard. That's like trying to find the lost Ark of the Covenant. All I can <laughs> could find like like highlight clips was like 2020 and when he was number 31 and then you know these these acc network games so uh, uh matt says is dylan stewart not going to mississippi state here yeah. that's a new one yeah that's daniel hill brother that's daniel yeah, yeah, yeah. dylan stewart's the five-star defensive end from dc um so, so that's it too. Um, you know, DeAndre Jules, uh, I like him a lot. I think he adds some toughness and competition to the defensive tackle position. Hale, uh, I think Pat Narduzzi does a great job of developing defensive guys. I know they were god awful this year, but he's still Pat freaking Narduzzi. You're not gonna get on the field for him unless you're tough. Uh, and I thought he had some great moments of toughness last year beyond the stats. Uh, Gamecocks beat Florida on him. Uh, so, Hey, what can you say about uh, that one? That was kind of a, 
one that happened and then a flur- the, the flurry happened. I guess Rocket committed right after him, so kind of stole DeAndre's thunder a bit. But, man, he's, he's really good. Yeah, I think you've got a guy who can come in and compete for a starting spot. You know, we're going back to what you're talking about with all the, the guys they have at defensive end as uh, potential options there. I, I think we can still consider Tonka Hemingway in that same – category is, is a guy who can play on the edge as well as tackle. I think he I, I think he bounced kind of back and forth late in the season when they were doing that three three five stuff. I, I think he lined up in both spots, uh, I think. Um so you know you, you mix in this guy from Pitt with Tonka and, and Boogie Huntley and Nick Barrett and TJ Sanders. Um you know there's your your five five guys in the rotation. Just gotta let them sort it out and figure out who's starting and who's coming in third, fourth, and fifth. And, and I think that's, that's a, a nice piece to, to add, add up front. And, and you're always looking for guys who can not only give you some depth, but uh, give you someone who, who can legitimately start for you and, and uh, potentially make a difference. And going back to your point, JC, about Pat Narduzzi, I think he, uh, he knows what he's doing when it comes to identifying defensive tackles and, and like you said, developing them and, and making them good players. So um, I, I think it's always safe to, uh, to err on, on, on that side of things. If you're, if you're looking to take a, a Pittsburgh defensive lineman who, who's played and, and done some things, uh, you can do a whole lot worse. That's for sure. Well, I, I yeah, I, I'm with you there. Plus another kid from the state of Maryland, originally another guy that played high school ball in the state of Maryland uh, so definitely uh, looking forward uh, to that one. All right. So uh, we're going to hit a break. Hale, can you stay with us for like five more minutes? You got someplace to be. Oh, I'm, I'll, I'll stay here as long as y'all want me to. I, I don't need to plug my computer in and charge it, but let's, let's rock and roll. All right. So we're going to, we're going to hit a break, Phil. Uh, let's right. double this one, Phil. And then, uh, so it's longer so he can charge his computer. Hopefully my internet starts working better because I, I have a bad feeling it's not going that well right now. I can't hear anything on my end. Uh, but anyway, we uh, we will be back after these messages. It is Inside the Gamecocks, the show on a freaky Friday. woo Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. 
Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. Endless summer. Go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks.
This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. Old school format today, JC, Phil, and we've got Hale McGranahan in with us. But before we get kicked off, listen, it's coming. Ten days, guys. Christmas. You need to find some stocking stuffers or a good thoughtful gift for somebody who likes to spend their time outside drinking and cooking meat over an open fire. Go to CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com. That is where you can get Billy G's Sweet Heat, Carolina Bold Mustard-Based Sauce. Delicious. And, of course, the Secret Spice Rub. You literally can't put it on anything. JB is not kidding. We do the same thing around here. It is delicious. You can get 10% off at CarolinaBBQSauce.com with the code ITG23. Support Billy G. Also a big supporter of Carolina Rise and all Carolina athletics. And, of course, Bill, former Gamecock basketball player. Hail. We've been having a really good week around here with all these welcome home tweets and things like that. Feeling good, feeling positive, where, you know, a week ago it was doom and gloom and we were all just, you know, wondering where this program was even going to be and whether or not we should move to the Sun Belt. Uh, anybody coming in this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do know there, there's a tight end from Ball State visiting. Brady Hunt is his name. He didn't play last season. He had a foot or ankle injury or combination of the two. But he was really good in 2022. Can't remember the stats exactly, but it was his redshirt freshman season. He was brought in. He was a two-star quarterback recruit. He's from Muncie, Indiana. And they converted him to tight end his freshman year, redshirted him, played a couple games. In 2022, he, uh, I, I want to say it was around like 45 catches for, you know, 500 yards or so, a couple touchdowns, I believe. So he, he's he's a big guy. Uh, don't have the numbers in front of me, but he, you know, he he fits the, I guess, the the prototype. You know, he's what you're looking for size-wise. Checks those boxes and, he, and he's produced at the college level, again at a lower lower level than the SEC. But as we've seen, uh, you can bring in tight ends who've played, you know, below the SEC, and they can come in and be good players for you. So uh, I, I think if things go well with Hunt this weekend, that we'll be talking about him as as a guy who ends up joining this class and is a part of this football team moving forward. He'll have three seasons of eligibility left 
Um, so uh, there's a little bit of value in that. Wouldn't be a one-year rental type of deal, uh, but but a guy who could come in and, and be on the roster for for the next couple of seasons at the very least. I like him. He reminds me of those big six-six tight ends that end up at Notre Dame or Iowa from that part of the country, that kind of central Indiana. You go Ohio, central Indiana, all the way through Illinois, and that that part of the over toward Iowa. There's it's just a like a you know, you know, I have like Tornado Alley or Defensive Line Alley would be, to me, the I-10 corridor, you know, if you're looking for another place outside of D-line heaven to find defensive linemen. That's tight end alley for me. I mean, you can't – the number of dudes that have been under the radar that have ended up at Iowa or Notre Dame and played tight end and been had drafted really high are, are insane. Even I mean, look at the uh, the dudes that uh, – the dude that's married uh, that's uh, Dayton Taylor Swift. Uh, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, yeah. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey is a three-star dude from Ohio. You know, uh, he's a BMF. I mean, can I say BMF? I guess I could say it if I don't spell it out. We know what but, you mean. Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play. So this guy, I, I'm not comparing him to Travis Kelsey. Okay, so calm down, folks. But he don't you think he's the kind of guy that room needs? Like, well, because you have Elksness, you have a young guy in McKeska, you got a young guy in Cox that are still kind of coming along. Uh, and then Simon and Michael Smith are kind of your split guys. You know, that they're more receivers than blockers, although I don't think Simon's a bad blocker by any stretch. Uh, he was certainly – I thought he's better than Trey Knox in that category. But to get one of these big physical dudes um, – because if there was a guy they did miss last year off last year's roster, it was Nate Atkins toward the end because, uh, you know, Nate kind of showed what you can do with a versatile guy like that. Um and I love uh, Brady's physicality. Uh, you know, I think he's a tremendous hard-nosed guy, good hands. Uh, but, but don't you think that's kind of, if you're going to add one, that's the kind of guy you need in, in this in this class, in this portal class? Yeah, I think so. Somebody who can be, I guess, a dual threat to steal a, a phrase from another position. Uh, you're not talking about somebody who's just going to be a blocker and not really a threat as a receiver. But he's also got the ability to catch passes and make plays. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of uh, both worlds. And you don't always get that out of tight ends these days. It's usually one or the other. And, and I think it's it's good that they're getting a guy who, who can give you a little bit of both and probably do it at, at a pretty good level. So it'll be uh, it'll be a good a good get if, if they're able to, to bring him on board. And, and add him to that room. I, I think he'll go, you know, right next to Josh Simon as, uh, you know, or maybe right below him, I guess, on the depth chart. Maybe they'll do two posi- two tight end positions like they've done in the past. Uh, I, I would venture to guess that Brady Hunt, if he's on this football team next year, that he's going to be at or near the top of the depth chart one way or the other. So I, I think that would be a nice nice pickup if they're able to do get a lot of use out of that guy, a guy like that. Um, okay, so those of you that have lived in a southern city that was rapidly expanding as they all are now, uh, I'm going to take you to the suburbs of a nice new development called Monroe Mills. <laughs> so it sounds like sounds like one of those developments out in Simpsonville where my mom's from. By Sorry. the way, happy birthday to my mother, Martha Bonenberger. Oh. Yeah, happy she birthday, is. Uh, she is in her birthday today. She's a uh, Retiring from teaching school this month as well. So mm. uh, just shout out to her. I, 
I, I can't start talking about my mom. I'll, I'll break down, but uh, happy birthday, mama. Um, but Monroe Mills, it's like you go right past the entrance to Monroe Mills, and then you get to Sweetwater Creek, and then you go right, yeah. So that's what it kind of sounds like one of these subdivisions at Greenville. But, uh, you know, here's a kid who's in Oklahoma State, then Texas Tech, and third school destination, originally, interestingly enough, from Columbia, Missouri. I, I like him. What do you think, Hale, and uh, where do you think the game kind of stands? I don't know much about him as a player other than, you know, he started at left tackle and right tackle last two seasons at Texas Tech. Like you said, J.C., he began his career at Oklahoma State. I want to say he's like 6'6", 315, so he's a a large, large man. And he plays tackle, and this team needs tackles. (laughs) They they had – some issues there to say the least uh, in 2023. And if you can get a guy like this, who who would be um, someone who, who probably is going to start for you uh, just based on, on what he's, he's done in the past. I, I think he only gave up a couple of sacks uh, during his time at Texas tech and, you know, he played a lot obviously. So uh, I, I don't know where things stand with him right now coming out of the visit. He was on campus yesterday, all day yesterday on Thursday, got in late Wednesday night. And and I don't know if he's at going anywhere else after this. Uh, I, I would have guessed that, that he's got some plans for this weekend. He's already been to TCU in Louisville. Uh, the, the dead period starts uh, after Sunday, so he won't be able to go anywhere. Nobody will be able to go anywhere after the weekend. But but I would assume, don't know yet, but I would assume he's got some some other visits to take and, and – as folks know, when, when you're talking about offensive linemen in the portal, if they're halfway decent and have got some experience, there are going to be a lot of people who want them. And, you know, Louisville is one of the more active teams in the portal. You look at what they did last year and built their roster that was good enough to go to the ACC championship. I think they're trying to do it again this year. And I, I would imagine that they're – Still really interested in him. TCU is uh, probably a player as well. Uh, I, and, again, I don't know who else is involved. I, I would imagine there are some others, but uh, I don't know quite yet. Still trying to, to dig up that that information as we speak. I think it would be a worthy pickup. I think that people, a lot of fans out there need to understand that, you know, yes, South Carolina was bad on the offensive line. I think everybody saw that, obviously. Uh, they struggle, struggle, struggle. So um, a lot of that had to do with injuries, though, a lot. And then when the injuries hit, it had to do with youth. I mean, guys like Big Tree Babalade and Trevon Ball and Marquis Anderson, who was out for the year. They Every time I talk to somebody over there, they think, Marquis Anderson, Marquis Anderson, Marquis Anderson, Marquis Anderson. It's like a broken record. Um so people, people have to understand that, you know, Casey Henry is going to start and he's, he, he just needs to rest for a long time. Uh, Jalen Nichols got hurt in the spring game. I mean, there were tangible reasons beyond, oh, these guys just suck. The, the, the product was not good. Um, and they've got a lot of people coming back and they've got a lot of people incoming. Uh, that said, after what they went through last year, Hale, I'm not turning down. I'm not going to diminish the fact that, if a, if a guy that started that much at tackle at this level 
would like to join the program, I'm not going to diminish that importance. Uh, Cause I, I don't know that, you know, so let's say Nichols comes back. Nichols at the end of 22, he was playing really well. Um, you know, probably may slide big tree inside. Uh, you got Marquis, you got. Sean Lee petitions. Right. I really just don't even know who the other tackle is, you know? And, and I think that if you projected it now, you're kind of just wishing and hoping, uh, you know, cause you know, you're wishing and hoping that Josiah Thompson can come in and start. I, I think Josiah Thompson's worth every bit of the five-star rating he's gotten, but can he come in and start as a true freshman at off at left tackle or right tackle? I don't know that. I don't know that Cam Pringle can, uh, I don't know that Blake Franks can start. You know, so so you really are, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, tackle light uh, right now. And that other spot, assuming Nichols comes back to form, that other spot is still a question mark. Right. Yeah, Josiah Thompson is going to need to put some weight on, get get a little stronger, and he's enrolling in January. So he's going to have, have several months to be able to do that before uh, everybody needs to figure out whether or not he's going to be able to play next fall. Cam Pringle is going to have to get get into better shape as well. He's, you know, maybe in the other direction and and uh, get you know get stronger. Of course, it's it's always it's always a a work in progress with with line offensive linemen. You know, like like I was saying a little while ago, it, it takes time. Guys need time to develop. I mean, that's that's why you know going into the Georgia game, I thought thought it would have been. Crazy for Tree Babalade to start just because it's a freshman, and and that's it's a, a big roll of the dice when, when you're starting a freshman on the offensive line, especially in Athens. But uh, you know they they've got a lot of really talented guys. We saw saw two of them play this season. They're more on the way, but they're still young, and you got to bridge the gap. in in some instances, and uh, th- this is one, especially at, at the tackle position where. You know they they need to get better, and like you said, JC laid it all out. If Nichols can return to form, uh, maybe they add a guy from the portal like Monroe Mills or whoever else who can come in and, and be uh, a better player than than what you got from the portal last year to play tackle. Uh, then then you you would think that's going to add up and and make things look a lot better than they did at times in twenty twenty three. Um, you know, people awfully critical of Sidney Fugar and and <laughs> how he performed, and rightfully so. He 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 struggled, but they didn't they didn't bring him in last January, intent on making him the starting left tackle. That's just no how, yeah, three how, years how, left. Yeah, that's how that's just how how it worked and how it happened because of all the stuff that has been laid out. So. Uh, they're they're trying to uh, put themselves in in a better position for next year, and you know if they have a whole bunch of injuries again, then you know we'll be probably having a similar conversation twelve months from now. But uh, I, you know that that was kind of freaky how how those those injuries kept piling up with that position last year. We had David Cloninger on uh, earlier this week. He said, "Is the is the worst single offensive line injury situation since '99." And I'll remind everybody the 2000 offensive line was pretty salty. You know, all those guys got healthy, came, but Cedric Williams is of the world. 
Remember, in 99, they had to put Langston Moore at offensive guard. So, hmm. I don't know. All right, Hale, <laughs> we really appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah always man. a pleasure. You boys have a good weekend. Thanks for having me. Yep, you too, bub. Yes, See you. That was Hale McGranahan for the BigSpur.com. Yeah. Am I still freezing up, Phil? Uh, it's it's minimal. It's it's you know we're we're getting through it. We're good. <laughs> All right, okay. Lee Lee, this is not orange. Uh, this is yeah. red. It's a bright red. It's, it's, it's probably the color of my webcam. This twenty four seven sports is red. The black Chicago Blackhawks are red. Uh, if I now if I have bear stuff on, it does have some orange on, but the, it's Blackhawks red. It's red. Uh, but it does kind of look, it's not, t- if it were similar to ours, it would be kind of Clemson or it does Clemson, Clemson a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll keep that in mind. So uh, that's the deal there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, your Clemson fan that talked about Franks, they would probably like to have Franks is my understanding. So, uh, you know, and uh, Blind Squirrel, I've read that about the Georgia Senator wanting to, sue and demand that, that they make Georgia FSU part of the playoff. I, I think it's a slippery slope. I, I think I think the politicians really need to stay out of it. Um, to be honest with you, I think it's unfortunate. And I think, you know, the NCAA or I'm sorry, the college football playoff folks probably when they got into an unsolvable situation could have solved it if they were creative, but they're not. And so that's what nope. happened. Um, and, and Quantrell, Josiah Thompson, Charles Cross from Mississippi State, probably pretty similar there. I like I like that comparison. Him him, or maybe even a Tyron Smith that uh, I evaluated uh, out of um, one of the schools in California that went to South Southern Cal back in the day, ended up being the first-round pick of the Cowboys. But that's uh, he's that type of guy. Not saying he'll be that good, but he's that type of guy. All right, we'll be back. Top of the hour break. Don't forget, Trey Biddy's going to – Give us some Rocket Sanders knowledge. Rocket sauce, if you will, for those that love Tenacious D. Rocket sauce, you know. Um, and we'll be full of Christmas cheer, Phil and I. Back in a moment, Inside the Game Crossing Show. Little kids come get down. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Hey Game Cognition, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks! Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. The National Anthem at noon inside the Gamecocks, the show. JC and Phil in here with you on a Friday, live from the Sinorama Studios. And don't forget, we are built by the Barndo Code, Barn Dominium Code. Get in touch with them if you're looking for new and innovative ways to create a new home for as low as, what is it, $160 a square foot, which is really cheap if you live in the suburbs of Greenville and look at the pricing on some of these homes that are 20 and 30 years old. That's a great deal. <laughs> all you need is some land. But, Jay, uh, see, we have talked about all sorts of different position groups. We haven't touched on one that keeps kind of popping up in 
the chat discussions and things like that. What are we hearing about quarterback? I know we'll talk about KJ Jefferson a little bit, I would imagine, with Trey Biddy when he gets on and what his final decision is going to be. But yeah. KJ Swan, any other names we're hearing? We'll just do the KJ Jefferson thing for information i still don't see it happen in south carolina unless no yeah <laughs> if something crazy happened but uh you never know i mean look if you could if you could get him and you could get him you know for little nil money uh you know and he's willing to just come and play i mean you'd probably be dumb not to do that but you know a quarterback that has starting experience with the stats he's put up in the sec uh without him being the clear cut starter, which I still don't think he, I don't think there's any chance. Uh, let me, let me rephrase. I think there's very little chance he would beat out Lenore Sellers, but there's yeah. that thing called injuries and all that good stuff. So, uh, you know, that, that's the deal there. So, so, but I, you know, AJ Swan, uh, when I checked in on him, he had a great visit like South Carolina a lot. Um, I think he's going to visit LSU is last thing I saw that maybe he would, Of course, they got they got some young quarterbacks at LSU that are good. Maybe it's a little better situation. I don't know, um, but that's the type of guy that would be perfect. I think there's some other guys that names that have, that escape me right now. I got a list uh, of maybe some other kid. I think one from the MAC they may look at or something. But they need a they need something to kind of uh, I guess some you know solidify that room uh, because of depth. So that's, Is there uh, that's value the to be had at that position in the portal? I mean, I know like when the word bidding keeps coming up when this portal cycle and all of that, and, and I would imagine it's, you know, the, the two top most bidded on positions are probably D-line and quarterback. But, I mean, there's still got to be some kids that are just looking to move up and compete. I, You know, Phil, I – the, the, the name that keeps coming back to me is Graham Mertz, you know, I, Graham Mertz, uh, say what you want. Everybody was like, Oh, they're going to be terrible and blah, blah, blah. And all this stuff. Um, but, uh, I just got a bad text from my brother. God almighty. Um, <laughs> not going to get into it on the air though. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that, let me re- – Phil, say something for a second, man. Hang on. Let me get yeah, re- yeah, re- no, re- you're re- good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there was that what, Malik kid out of Texas, I think, is one that we were looking at as well, uh, quarterback-wise, and just uh, – I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, Malik Murphy. Now, he would Murphy. he would be a guy that's going to command mm-hmm. a pretty penny. And, and the thing, too, yeah, this is what I was going to say before I got distracted. The quarterback, I'm going to flip my phone over. The quarterback market, although my text messages do pull up on my desktop here. Uh, Damn Apple products. Apple, all the sync <laughs> stuff. I was like, wow. But no, listen, uh, it's uh, Malik Murphy. It's not the best quarterback year out there. You know, yeah. um, that's why you have some of these outrageous amounts of money people are talking about, um, you know, for NIL and stuff, which is going to. It's going to subside. You know, I think the national media pushes that. One of these guys that covers the NFL started talking about how freaking uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to get $25 million to come back to Ohio State. Uh, number one, ridiculous. that would be ridiculously stupid of whoever's paying that for him. Uh, it's just at some point, it's a college football player. You recruit, you replace, and you move on. 
you know, and, and as great as Marvin Harrison Jr. is, does he guarantee you a national championship? If so, that value is not, that's not there. You know, there's, there's ne- there never should be 20, there never should be that much money involved, right, for one year for a player. Um, so, look, you, you have that uh, going on. And it's, it's not it's not as a star-studded of a year. Like the year Spencer Rattler came to South Carolina, boy, you look at that. You had Jaden Daniels leaving surprisingly afterward. Uh, I think Bo Nix was a transfer that year. Uh, Michael Penix. There's a lot of guys that ended up doing some huge things. Uh, from the poor Dylan Gabriel, who, by the way, is on the move again to Oregon. That, that kid, man, I just – I don't know about all that, man. But, uh, you know, so I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, you know, you're looking for value if you're the Gamecocks. You're looking uh, – yeah, maybe, maybe you're looking at FCS. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, as a Bears fan, uh, their backup this year was an undrafted free agent rookie from D2. <laughs> you you find a guy like that to come in as your I, I don't know you know it's uh uh but like an AJ Swan type Graham Mertz type that type of guy uh, even a guy that's like a dual threat quarterback that, that's uh maybe he's not as good of a passer as Lenoris but he can still run to where your offense still can function now if you're going to do that you may as well make Luke Doty the backup because Luke can run. You know, Luke's whole thing is, is maybe he's not the better, the, a, a great passer or whatever. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I know they like Swan. I know they'd like to have him. Uh, but it's really up to AJ to see if he wants to come and if this is the right fit to him. Because you, the last thing you want to do too, Phil, is pressure a kid into coming. And, yeah, no, uh, yeah. And then he thinks you promised him a starting spot, and then he does. And, he, and it's, a, it's a quarterback. It's not like other positions where – you're gonna you can split reps or whatever. You, you you're, they're not gonna rotate quarterbacks next year, uh, so that's the deal there. No, and I would imagine there's still a, a a level of comfort even in the transfer recruiting cycle that has to be attained. Maybe not necessarily to the extent it does at the high school level, where these you know you're essentially taking these kids from their families and and you know <laughs> having to ask trust for everybody. They have some experience now with living away from home. Uh, but there needs to be a good fit, you know, not just culturally, uh, but from a comfort standpoint from these kids when they come in uh, to these new schools. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so um, Craiger has a good question. These sites that put out the NIL numbers for players, how accurate they are, someone had had Rattler at 125 to $1.5 million last season. They're usually wrong, and I've found that out as I've, I've been internally involved with all this. Uh, I think a lot of people out there thought that uh, Juice Wells was making a million dollars. I've seen it on Twitter. See, don't yep. believe everything you see in that. Yeah, right. <laughs> he stole a million dollars for gosh, 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 man. No, he wasn't even close to that. wasn't even wasn't even close. Um, and had he come back, he got it. Wouldn't have been close to that, but he would he would have gotten more than last year. But and he still may. But uh, the the numbers are usually very much so inflated. Um, and there's two reasons for that. Number one, you have some, some reporters out there that won't, they won't literally to tear college football down and make it like a minor league. They don't, you, you notice these are the same people that immediately take shots at coaches, no matter what they hate coaches. They're jealous of the money that coaches make. Uh, they think the kids are all exploited, even though co- compared to normal college students, college football players have it pretty good. Now, should they get some of the money? Absolutely. 
Do I think NIL in its true sense is a good thing? Yes, it's totally stupid not to let a kid have his own YouTube channel and monetize it. It's totally ridiculously dumb not to let a kid put on a football camp in his hometown and pay him for his time. It's ridiculous to have him go be a spokesperson for a company. It's ridiculous for you to use his name on your sell jerseys and not let him get anything. I mean, those are all ridiculous things. But let's not act like these guys are completely exploited and that they have, you know, they're not taken care of because they are. Uh, and but but these folks have such a crazy worldview of that that they're willing to burn the whole thing down. And a lot of the ways they do it is they latch onto this misinformation about salaries or, or NIL deals. And then they want to sit there and repeat that and go, this is the going rate. You guys better pony up. You're going to have to have that. And, and for programs like South Carolina, it freaks all of us out because the Gamecocks are behind with NIL money. And you look at these other programs that are quote unquote richer and you're like, well, God, how are you ever going to catch up? Cause you're not going to be able to pay going rate. South Carolina right now, and, and, and I think we're probably about – when I say we, I'm talking about the collectives uh, since I own one. We're probably about 25% of the way there. Hmm. 25% of the way there. But South Carolina's competitive. I mean, look, yeah. competitive. I mean, you know, they're not, they're not struggling to land guys like they did last year when they were probably 5% of the way there. And you had two returning players you had to take care of and everything else. You know, the Gamecocks really didn't lose – all that much in the portal. They lost Mitch Jeter, who wanted to go to a higher-profile school, and Notre Dame's probably about as high-profile as it gets. It wasn't an NIL deal. They lost Mario Anderson because it's a money ball thing, man. Uh, if you could upgrade, there's a finite. <laughs> they may have not lost Juice Wells. So I don't know, you know, and, and that's with 25% of the job done with NIL at Carolina. You know, so so the so so things like that, those narratives freak fan bases out. Oh God, AM's got oil money. Oh God. <laughs> I told you guys when they bought that class, I was like, I'll see if it sticks together. And here, yeah. here we are. I've yeah. never been more I'm wrong about a lot, but I've never been more right about anything except that. Five and seven and eight and four later and Jimbo's fired. Half those guys are gone. <laughs> I mean, and look at Miami. I mean, Miami yet Miami gets off to a good start in the uh, in the Balt Players NIL Bowl this year. They whip A and M down in Coral Gables. It looked like they're going to turn the corner. Not, nah, nah, there's still a loss to Georgia Tech in there for you. Uh, not competitive against North Carolina. They did beat Clemson somehow, but I mean, Miami, they're the same way. I mean, tons of talent. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, but they all they all they're all bought. So like somebody asked earlier in the chat, it was like, "What well, do you want a team full of mercenaries, or you want you know these you know kind of organic high school recruits?" And I'm like, "Well, you have to have the correct blend. I mean, you you have to have the developmental side and the high school you know channel open, but then you go in and fill needs from the portal that you need, you know, on a one or two year basis, you know, for grad transfers or guys trying to move up that actually are good evals to come in to, to fill these positions of need. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, uh, that's, but there's no proof of concept that you can buy a championship out of the portal. No, and I don't think you can. I think I think you could improve your team. I think you could improve your football team. TCU, good example of that last year. You know, TCU had a lot of portal guys. 
they 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 kind of hit the portal lottery in a lot of ways. But they they also the bottom line they're probably one of the worst teams to be in the playoff. Uh, they shot they surprised Michigan. Michigan kind of screwed that one up, um, and they got destroyed by Georgia. But they didn't even win the Big Twelve. I mean, they had a lot of close games where they won. There's a great story uh, and all that, but. I think you need a blend. I think I think your program needs NIL money. I think you need to be competitive in that department. I think you need to take care of your players. I'll, I'll repeat, there's not been a championship program in any sport on the college level that is neglected to take care of their players in one way or the other, you know, uh, and that includes things like facilities and resources and tutoring and, and all the stuff that everybody's got now. Carolina spent about 10 years catching up on all that. Uh, and now it includes NIL. But uh, I uh, I just think that it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, you need a blend. Robert in the chat box, uh, Machiavelli argued against relying on mercenaries. Hmm. Well, I don't know that you are relying on mercenaries. Think about this. I mean, you know, you've got some players that are going to help coming in, but the core of your team is back. The core of your team is back. Uh, and I'll remind everybody, too, there's not been a single high school recruit Shane Beamer has has landed that they have wanted to stay, right? They have said, hey, you know, we don't want you to leave, you know, uh, that, is, that has failed to stay. I'm talking high school, not, port- not a portal guy jumping one in the portal and then out. I'm not talking about any of Muschamp's recruits. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trashing Muschamp's recruits at all. I think there are a lot of really good kids. I'm just saying sometimes there's not the loyalty there if somebody didn't recruit you. Uh, and so it happens, but look, it's like, uh, um, you know, uh, there's not an issue right now. Uh, and I, and I get the whole, you know, life philosophy part of it and the uncomfortableness about how the game has all of a sudden changed. I get it. But uh, I also think that the best people that uh, the, the teams that are going to be the best that are going to survive this are going to be the ones that are smart about how they use this to their advantage. It's like Nick Saban said, any kind of rules change, we're going to use it to the best of our ability to create an advantage for us, period. And if you're a winner, that's what you want and that's what you focus on, not things you can't change. Uh, if you're a leader, winner, coach, player, uh, whatever. Um, all right. So what, what what was the question? Last game, Cox, last game, Cox record six sacks in a season. I don't know. Gosh, JJ, I don't know. Him, JJ and Igbare in 2000. Mm. I don't remember. I, I don't have it in front of me, Bird Toffee. So yeah, Bird I don't fly. think you have to go so far back as like, Clowny in them. I don't think you have to go that far back, but yeah. Robert says Muschamp had a lot of faults, but he cared about his recruits. Yeah, he cared about his players a lot. He still does. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that attack him personally, they don't know anything about him. They're just mad because he lost football games. And I get it. But uh, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of the the deal there. And yeah, Whit Muschamp could be QB1 at Vandy because they don't have anybody. <laughs> tough, uh, tough right. situation. Um, Gat, oh, we didn't ask hell about Gatling, the the high school decommit from A and need to I need to learn more about that. Uh, you know, because I, I Hale's been tracking him. Hale's been um talking to him, all that good stuff. 
Uh, Dylan says, just a conference call on the truck, but curious if this talk of the Texas quarterback is legit. Sorry if you covered it already, so I'll rewind. I have not. I don't know. Is Where is that at at Malik Miller, about Malik Miller in South Carolina? Phil? It it is like uh, I think twenty four seven posted an article about you know transfers in the portal and and South Carolina was listed as having had an interest in Malik Miller that it was it it wasn't a big deal it was just he was South Carolina was listed in a group of schools and maybe it was on three it may, Dylan might be right uh, I I saw it this morning I was like well that's interesting but I I you know. I'm sure he's looking for more than what Carolina's willing to pay because Carolina doesn't need a QB one. They just need somebody to add depth and competition to the room. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's time for the specs and, and, and to throw sellers out there. Uh, but you don't want him to get comfortable. I mean, you know, yeah. From a complacency standpoint, but, not that I think he will. Don't get me wrong. I, some, you know, from all reports, this kid is not that kind of guy. <laughs> He's going to say this. Yeah, there's a difference between KJ Jefferson and Malik Miller, in my opinion. Yeah, a big. I mean, arm talent wise, passing passing yeah. game acumen wise, those are those are two different planets. I mean, that's that's uh, Mars and Venus, right? Yeah, right, Chief, right. Chief, Chief Dabo probably still thinks Pluto's a planet. Remember that? That was funny. Um, so, uh, yes, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's where the talk's coming from. Internally, I would be surprised. Um, I mean, but, hey, you know, it, it, may come down to, it may come down to NIL, you know, like with everything. But I would think Malik Miller would be a six-plus figure guy. Malik Murphy, rather. Yeah, Murphy, Murphy. Did I say Miller? Miller. Yeah, we've been, yeah, sorry. I've been screwing that up. Malik Murphy. That's um, how little I read about it this morning because I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, Malik <laughs> yeah. Miller. JC. Uh, we're going to lose half our audience because of me. Um, but Malik Murphy, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, I would think he would be some, some, some school that needs a QB one is going to pay him. Uh, and I don't think that's what South, South Carolina's got other needs. Um, but I, I will say this. I know I crapped all over the KJ Jefferson thing, <laughs> but Malik's a different animal in my book. And, and I, and that's nothing compared nothing against sellers. I, I still firmly believe he's special, but it, that's a different animal. Malik is than, than that. So, uh, Tristan, couple painters, our good friend. Says uh, Gatling and Overton are friends and played together in high school. Yeah, Clayton White was there watching Gatling and spent, uh, I think the Overtons on the sidelines the other day. Carolina's not out of it for the Overtons. I just think probably at the end of the day, it'll be Alabama. Um, LT needs to develop, okay? Uh, He's not. I know everybody looks at the five-star thing, but keep in mind he graduated high school early. He really should have been a true freshman last year. Uh, so he's no matter where he goes, he's going to have to take another step. Uh, I'm I'm sure Alabama and Travian Robertson both could develop him if he bought in. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, Carolina's still in the game there. We'll just uh, I know his mom loved it. I mean they they had a fantastic visit. So uh, we'll just kind of see uh, what happens uh, with that. Uh, Braden Lee, Braden, yeah. Bruin Nation, ask about Lee. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to answer Bruins questions because sometimes, like when we got the three or four man booth here, I'm like, I see it, and then he'll repeat it, repeat it, and then I forget, and I never get back to it because we we start talking about something else. Yeah, the next he, thing he gets you know, a, he gets a little salty about it. And, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, our, that's, our, that's our dude from South Florence. Um, I saw the Instagram post that Lee put up last night and immediately texted Hale. I was like, did he decommit? That was just him coming off his visit. I don't know. If he does decommit, he has a he has reason. Mm. You know, he had a death of family. It was pretty tragic. And I think sometimes when that happens to somebody, you don't really know how they're going to react. You don't know how the other family members are going to react towards them going very far from home. You know? Yeah. Um, th- that may change the equation. Uh, I'll say this, if he does, and Maryland fans start to brag, just uh, point at the other guys South Carolina's got. And the fact that Jay Sean Barham hit the point. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, don't forget Jay Sean Barham. Where is Jay Sean Barham going, by the way? He's he's actually good. No, I know. Um, He's a good guy. (laughs) So, so look, that's that's the thing there, I think, with Lee. And, and, and look, man, it's – and he's a good, good corner. Good, good prospect, right? But he, um, Solomon obviously was the, the top guy on the board and they got him. Uh, so we'll see sort of what happens. Jason Barham went to Penn State. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah, man. You're a decent well, fit. You know. Joe Paterno, I've said this many times. Number one, Penn State, Maryland, they're not, those campuses are not that far apart. We talked about this on JC and Morgan. It's actually should be a rivalry. I think Penn State's something like 44 and three against the Terps all time because before that, before Penn State got the Big Ten, they played every year. It's right down the road. I mean, DC mm-hmm. to State College, I think you get there in a couple hours. You just go straight up in into the kind of the the midst, the belly button of Pennsylvania, the north of Harrisburg. <laughs> that's that's State College. Joe Paterno and when when Larry Johnson was there, he's in Ohio State now. They used to just roll into D.C. and sign whoever in Maryland and just sign whoever they wanted. Same with New Jersey, which is why they punk Rutgers every year. That was kind of the secret sauce for Penn State. They also stole some South Carolina kids through the years, too, when Paterno was there. So this has to stick in the crawl of the Terps. So really, really bad if it happened. So it hadn't officially happened. I haven't been keeping up with it because Um, the crystal ball for Michigan is interesting because you know the um, the former coach at St. Francis or whatever has some ties to Michigan, so uh, mm. you know that that is interesting there. Uh, so maybe he does go to Michigan and that's fine. But Penn State would really, really, really stick in the crawl of the uh, twenty-seven Terps fans that care about football. <laughs> so uh, Stacy said, "When when the sellers." Signed the NIL deal with Lynch Crafters. He's he's got a big one coming. I don't have many more details than that, but he's got a, a Park Avenue thing lined up. So you guys that give the Carolina Rise, see what you've been doing. You've been helping retain players. That's right. Power, That's right. Powerful stuff. Uh, most people just give a little bit a month and it's powerful. And uh, all that adds up. So we can all we can all feel good about that, you know, and, and that's that's kind of my Long-term goal with NIL around something we can all feel about, you know, at the end. When, when that championship happens, Phil, we can all sit there and go, 
I contributed directly to this. But besides <laughs> just showing up, going to games, whatever, which we That's which right. we all do anyway. Um, uh, Maryland will always be an ACC school to me. Raycom Sports, Quantrill says. Same yeah. here, Quantrill. Same yeah. here. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Uh, Jan, the Gatling is the Texas A&M receiver. Did he commit? Last hour, South Carolina was in good shape. I meant to – I'm kicking myself. I didn't ask Hale about it. Um, but they've been kind of talking to him and, and all that. So, uh, it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of weird that, uh, you know, we, we keep hearing Carolina, but, but you don't you don't see much pub, publicly about it. You know, and he, he said he hadn't visited. I, so, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see that. JJ says the Spurs up show – Nah, no, One. he does not have his own collective. Have him give some of the team. No, he supports us though with Carolina Rise. So, um, but he uh, does his does his thing, man. He's uh, um, I don't want to get too far into that, but uh, he, uh, you know, he he helps us. So I wouldn't tell him to start his own so he can help me because he helps us. You know, <laughs> why would we do that? <laughs> People that are mad that there's two collectives out there. Imagine having a third. Yeah, I yeah, it would be crazy. No, Lance we goes, Bo, at all. He's like, Bo, if we got Borum, that would be wild. Yeah, I was told there's just no way. There's too much. There's too much uh, yeah. <laughs> water under the bridge both ways. Last time, uh, I don't think there were too many people on either side happy with the other. By the time that went down. Um, so that's that. Lance says, oh, you, your head coach is one of the most notorious receipt keepers there is, and yeah, yeah, he yeah, yeah. that does not happen. <laughs> um, check on the DP confirming that has the D1 offers. I know they have a, an alignment that has some. Um, so, uh, Dustin says, What about JDJ from Georgia that just hit the portal, the stud linebacker? I think everybody in the country is going to want him. I think he is originally from Maryland. It's Dumas Johnson. That guy's good. Uh, I know they like their situation at linebacker at South Carolina, but, man, you can't – if you could get in on it with him, I'm pretty sure he's going to cost quite a bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's good. And and they obviously he's developed. Uh, Wika says Todd Ellis needs a collective donate and you get your own personal soundbite of Todd screaming your name. Org! <laughs> Phil Mullinax, touchdown, Phil. Touchdown, Mullinax. Oh, hurt me. Um, Jacob says, is there anything on where Spencer's going to be drafted? I haven't seen projections. Second mm-hmm. round's my pick. As I think he's going to tear it up. And there's a difference between evaluating teams and evaluating individuals. I've learned that through the years. And individually, boy, I mean, he – I don't know where – South Carolina may have been 2-10 and without that guy. Badly. So, uh, there's that. Phil, is it time for a break, man? Yeah, man, let's hit one here. We'll we'll hit us a break here. Take us a breather. I got to go get some more coffee anyway. All right, cool. We'll we'll be uh, right back on – Inside the Gamecocks, the show, I want to shout out uh, real quick the uh, Maduro Room in Columbia. If you want some cigars or Lexington, uh, go out and visit the Maduro Room. They support uh, Carolina Rise, kind of sponsor my uh, my appearances on here. And uh, also want to give a shout out to City Bass Searfoss, City Searfoss Realty in the upstate, one of our OG sponsors. She was with us from day one. 
Also, I keep neglecting to call it the award-winning Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch. Nana's Porch. So, shout out to Chris and Nana's Porch, another one of our OG sponsors right here on Inside the Game Cox's show. We'll be back after this. JC and Phil rolling right along on a Friday. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And chicken cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game pops. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, Friday here. We're actually going to wrap this up a little early today. We'll finish out yeah. the hour, and uh, we'll <laughs> JJ, uh, see if we can get Trey Biddy to reschedule with us next, next week. week. Yeah, yeah, I had some bad news come in, folks. Uh, just yeah, uh, yeah, say yeah. a little prayer for my family. It's nothing to do with me nope. or my health or... But yeah, it's something that the brother, you know, it's just, it's kind of almost, it's just a bad, 
I just got some bad news, folks, and I can't, I can't constantly, I mean, I've got to, I got to take care of some things, but uh, I'm sorry, but uh, uh, I love you guys. So <laughs> just uh, pray for me. Um, so anyway, uh, Brian has a good question here. Why does our coaching staff feel good about our linebacker situation to not target another linebacker in the portal? Well, uh, Debo Williams was pretty good last year. He's back. Stone Blanton is back, and he played better when they weren't putting him in a bad position. He's, he's there. You got Pup Howard. You've got uh, Bam Martin Scott is back. Uh, you've got Wendell Gregory coming in, and you've got uh, uh, who's the other? Oh, Fred Johnson's coming in too. They really they love him as well. Um, that said, Dumas Johnson, and you, if you get a dude like that, yeah, you have to take him. I mean, I think, but uh, linebackers are are fine. I mean, I think as the season progressed, they they and really the switch to the three man front, they started playing pretty well. Also, if you go more three-man front next year, as we talked about the other day, uh, you could see uh, a guy like Dylan Stewart stand up and play an outside backer, uh, the buck type position, I guess. Um, so that's the that's the deal there. And Mo, Mo Cava's back. I'm just not gonna. After two injuries like that, we saw Jordan Strong come back this year. He just wasn't himself, and and all that. You, you just and I, I love Mo. Don't get me wrong, and I'd love nothing more than for him to have a uh, a redemption tour next year, because what's happened to him sucks. But um, you know, and, and and like I said, Wendell Gregory is going to be really good, and Fred Johnson is going to be really really good. Um, I, and I, I could see it either either way, uh, Brian. I, I just you know, like people want to go take five offensive linemen out of the portal. That's not an answer, you know. The answer is getting the guys who got healthy and getting them back playing well, right? Uh, I think linebackers similar, um, not not totally like that with the injuries, but but I, I think the way they were deployed last year put them in some bad spots. Um, and I think almost uh, when you look at offenses these days, when you're talking about playing two linebackers at a time, uh, you really have to have, uh, in my opinion that nickel almost can't be another corner or safety. You really need kind of a hybrid guy there. Um, and and, and that, I'm speaking in general, obviously in Clayton White's scheme, that guy's got to cover. So I don't know. Uh, because when you take a backer out of the box and you got a light box all the time, you're kind of susceptible to the run. Notice the Gamecocks played a lot better against the run once they had three backers on the field, even with the three defensive linemen. So uh, we'll see what happens. Sonder, I, I don't think they're going to have Wendell put his hand in the dirt just yet. And, and, and here's why if Pup Howard's not putting his hand in the dirt just yet, I don't think Wendell will be putting his hand in the dirt just yet. Uh, remember Brad Johnson, uh, that, that other linebacker spot, Clayton White really likes guys that can blitz and he loves to send his linebackers. So I don't know. So we'll see, um, see what they're doing there. Mark asked about McGowan. Are they looking at anyone that could be wide receiver one uh, right now? With that topic, it's all about juice and what's yeah. he going to do. Because if you can get juice back, you're not going to find a better wide receiver one in the country, man. <laughs> uh, not in the portal. <laughs> uh, if not, there's some other names that could emerge, uh, including some guys that maybe aren't in the portal yet. Um, and they're going to keep looking. You know, They're, they're not just going to sit there and, oh, juice didn't come back. I thought, oh, we're good. We're good with Brown and McGowan. That would really surprise me. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, – 
I think there will be some more action there. Also, keep in mind, folks, that the portal stays open until Jan- early January, uh, and then there's another portal opening after spring. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ideally, I think you fill most of your needs th- this time around, you know. But if there's a great one out there, something like that, uh, recruiting these days is 365 days a year. I think, too, don't underestimate if they get Gatling. Uh, Gatling, to me, uh, high floor guy, which means to me, and, the, and you, you never know because, you know, you don't know how guys are going to necessarily react when they get to college. So I'm not predicting he'll go in and play. But to me, he's the type of type of player that's polished enough to come in and help that receiver next year. He and Mazio both. I actually think he's a little more ready than Mazio, but, it, but I think both will be good. Um, and then you got to, you know, get Tyshawn Russell to catch the ball and team continue to coach Nick Harbor and, and all that. But, uh, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody come out of the room now. I mean, we've, we've seen that now for a couple of years where, you know, guys have just been developed and start to emerge. I mean, that's a, that's always an option, too. You know, that, that wide receiver one could already be on the roster. Yeah, and and, and that – that's happened at this program for a while. If you go back to the Spurrier era, I think in 13, Pharaoh Cooper caught six passes. And then the next year he had 77 or something like that. Uh, you know, and, and then you had the string where you had, you know, Debo was hurting on the bench for two years, you know, never played. played. All of a sudden, Clemson game 2015, here's Debo Samuel in the, in the, in the lineup taking a slant to the house, catching a fade for a touchdown. You're like, wow, where'd this guy come from? Um, and, you know, he went on to kind of struggle with injuries through his career and stuff. But then Brian – so then you had the freshman come in, Brian Edwards. Then he had another group with Shy Smith, and they kind of held it together in that spot. Um, you know, and, and then here it's, it's kind of been a situation where guys uh, have just gotten better. Josh Mann got a lot better when Beamer and Steph got here and was wide receiver one that one year. And then last year kind of got passed, but by the end of the season, when they finally figured out how to run the offense, Josh Van was killing it. And uh, and Jalen Brooks and Juice, so you had, you had some good ones there. I think, you know, it wasn't necessarily replacing Juice because Xavier Leggett did that. I think it was that they didn't really replace Van and Brooks with, with equal players. I, I talked about that in the preseason. I thought that was important. There was really nobody that did that. So, um, Will says, are we done with players leaving the program? My understanding is yes, but I'm never going to sit here and guarantee that. Not anymore. Uh, I think it's an over worry. Um, and I think, uh, if you, uh, polled most Gamecock fans, unfortunately, and a lot of these are people on Twitter that don't listen or don't want to listen or don't care to listen, You'd still think there was this mass exodus, and and there wasn't. You know, the, the guys that outside of the uh, Mitch Jeter and Juice and Mario to a certain extent, none of those other fifteen that left were going to play. I mean, now yeah. could that be a bad sign as far as evaluation goes and stuff? I don't know. Development, I'm, I'm not sure. A lot of those guys were just kind of here for a cup of coffee, um, but sometimes in your, um, you know, in your whole. Uh, scheme of things your first you know first deal doesn't work out or you know maybe now in the portal you're more apt to cut dead weight than than maybe you once were i I don't know 
So that's the deal there with, with that. So, but I, I think, uh, I think Carolina should be okay. I, I share your concern with that position. Uh, if juice doesn't come back. Um, and I share your concern of that position. If there's not at least a group fill of receivers that can kind of, you know, make the passing game go, you know, I, I think it'd be all right at tight end. I think you have some receivers that at running back too. Um, yeah, yeah. But, and uh, somebody asked about Doty, you know, uh, let's say they didn't get anybody outside of the portal and they don't get Gatling. Realistically, if I were them, and this is my opinion, I don't know that it's going to happen. I'd I, I, Juju McDowell will be my fifth emergency running back, and I still hand him the ball every now and then. But Juju and Doty both would go to receiver, yeah, yeah. full time with for me if, if that were me. Um, maybe Juju probably Juju may be pretty good out there, you know. Uh, yeah. he's a quick, quick joker, so um, so that's the deal there. I think, uh, I think that uh. You know, we'll see uh, that um, Quantrell says, "What are they doing to kicker?" Alex Herrera is what I was called. They think pulled. They think he'll be fine stepping in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and by this the kid way, that coming in that you know we've all been referring to as a punter also kicks. So yeah, I mean, Mason Love. Be the, Mason Love, yeah, will be in there. You know, kind of backing up Herrera and uh, and Kai is my understanding. Yeah, so we'll see, sort of how that all goes. Uh, other teams with better O-line and defenses fired their coach and upgraded with their new coach. What are we doing? What other teams are you speaking of? <laughs> who? You're talking about the team up the road? Who? Clemson? Yeah. Look. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who wasn't injured pretty good coach, and, yeah. and, and still, uh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> didn't everybody think that was the case last year when they hired Garrett Riley? Right. <laughs> all, all of you out there that, that, canceled your Carolina Rise membership because <laughs> Shane had already hired Dowell Loggins, but you canceled it after he hired, after they hired Garrett Riley. You know, <laughs> there's that give, this is giving up around here, man. That's just ridiculous. But, uh, um, so yeah, and I don't think Lonnie Teasley given the injuries and all that was uh, a candidate to get fired. I don't think that'd have been fair. Now, could I don't make a that. case for, uh, kind of restructuring the staff, maybe getting some help for him to coach the line and maybe you have a guy that coaches tackles and tight ends, a guy that coaches guards and centers. Yeah. But the guy had a ridiculous amount of injuries this year to deal with. And you're Got six some, days out from signing day, right? Jason? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah you're six week. days out uh, from signing day. Got some freshmen ready to go. Um, and he just so happened to have the back-to-back top offensive line classes on paper in school history. So you want to go give all that up, John? <laughs> I don't know. Now, now defense. Hey, I don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not sitting here. I think either way with whatever Shane decided on that's fine. I know it was a a tough year on defense. I know they figured it out. I know the reasons for them figuring out on defense were a lot different than the offense the previous year, where that was never without a mandate that was never going to be figured out. And it still isn't. You saw it Lincoln in Nebraska this year. Uh, Clayton White sort of figured it out on his own finally. And that's good. But I think, I think I'll say this about the defense. If they are, and I'm not saying they just need to simply be better. 
if they are not a very good defense next year, it is not player. It is coaching. No. Okay. I mean, because they've got too many good players coming back, too many good players that figured it out at the end of last year that need to build on that. And they got too many good players coming in. You know, now this is obviously before any kind of injuries. Obviously, who knows what's next uh, as far as a position to get decimated. But uh, we need to do that. Also, want to welcome all of you on Twitter. You know, StreamYard is the program we use to to rock this. And Phil gets to the office today and is like, hey, we can stream on Instagram now. So we're going to be streaming on Instagram starting Monday. And I guess they have a, because Twitter would not let you join the chat before but it looks like some of our twitter viewers are in the chat box now so welcome yeah we welcome i'm you. wondering if that's a, a function of our our twitter volume or if that's just something new we can tell when you join though which is fun not everybody though that's also interesting i wonder where some of these numbers are coming from but hey that's yeah, like, we'll yeah, yeah. like the youtube people don't say so and so quantrell has joined yeah but twitter <laughs> twitter does say it and uh, facebook doesn't say it either so it's a uh, it's interesting, but we have a large social audience, and we want to welcome all of you in, and thank you for tuning in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I wrote on the Big Spur today uh, just a thank you to everybody. While well, I was also telling folks to check out Chin Music and, and the Chief Sports app, right? Uh, we've had record, record, shattered show uh, records yeah. audience-wise this week, the last two weeks, really. And we've also had uh, record traffic on Big Spur record memberships on Big Spur. And then Carolina Rise, not so much, but the focus really with you NIL folks should be on uh, getting that match for Garner Trust, you know, because that's a that goes in the overall pot, and that's a million bucks, you know, right? Mm. So so the, you, know, you want the million, right? <laughs> the free million. So yeah. um, it's uh, – you know, so everybody and everybody's gotten behind that. I think those guys are at like nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars toward the match, or nine hundred twenty something like that. They're going to get there. Um, but Carolina yeah, still has some new members this month. There's still been people joining. People, people buying. Uh, some guy, his wife makes ornaments, right? Gamecock Christmas ornaments. He's like, hey, I will sell these and give them to NIL. I think dude sold a hundred of them on Big Spur today. <laughs> so, so things like that. That means so much to me personally. You know, that you guys would support, you know, not only the things I'm involved with, but the things that people like Phil and JB and, uh, you know, Mike Morgan and uh, Tony Morrell and John Whittle and Hale McGranahan, who we have on here. You know, those guys are not only like my coworkers or whatever, they're like my friends and almost like family. And so it means a lot to me that you guys would support something like that that we all do. Um, And then the NIL thing, obviously (laughs) – uh, I preach to the choir when I'm talking about the importance of it to you guys every day, because you, if you guys, have, yeah, you guys all know it. So um, we'll see that. Nick asked, how does Nick Harbor take the next step towards being the number one? We hope he can be. I, I think just consistency within the position. I, I think that, you know, he's, he actually progressed a lot more than he, than he wanted to. And then I'm going to comment on what uh, Ferguson has to say here, because I disagree. But uh, he, he did, you know, that, that game against AM, I almost think it worked against him a little bit. I'm not saying he got complacent, but I think he got the attention of other teams. And they, they kind of figured out how to play him. And, 
you know, I think he was kind of just getting by with maybe some of his moves and stuff, you know, because you got to have more than one move, right? Like if you're a point guard in basketball and you go to your right all the time, you're dead in the water. But but if nobody, if nobody knows that about you yet, you, you're going to score some points because you're going to be lethal to your right. Well, then all they're going to do is stake that away. Then you got to go to your left and you're done. I think that's kind of a little bit what happened to Nick. Um, but uh, on your point, you know, I don't know that Harbor will be number one receiver. Jonathan said, I don't think football is his real passion. I understand why people would think that. Um, because there's some people out there that are hell-bent on him playing D-line for whatever reason. And and I'm, look, I, I'm intrigued, I'll admit it. I'm intrigued by him playing D-line. But just because he doesn't want to play defense, defense does not mean he doesn't like football. And I'll give you an example. This hmm. one was here. Would have been much better defensive end than tight end. Am I back? Yeah. Who who would who did you say? We we dropped you there. Who who uh, was it? Sorry, Jarrell Adams. Jarrell Adams would have been. Oh, Jarrell um, Adams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jarrell Adams would have been um, obviously uh, a better defensive player. Hell, Carolina needed ends by the time he was playing tight end, but it didn't mean he didn't love football because he worked his way into being a, a six round pick at, at tight end. Yeah. Uh, so some guys are just offensive mindsets, and that's Nick Harbor. Uh, I can just I can report to you now: nobody worked harder in the receiver room this year during the season than Nick Harbor. You know, now off season, you got to give it to Xavier Leggett because that dude yeah. worked like a champion, and it was and it paid off. Yeah. Uh, so, given the tangible proof of his work ethic, I can't sit here and agree with you, Jonathan, that football. I, I don't. I, I think. I think what's happened is maybe the the expect expectations five star wise got out of control, um, and all that. So uh, I, I think. I think he'll be fine. So anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. About you got to remember too. I mean, that five star was as his position listed at five star was athlete, not necessarily yeah. wide receiver. So it was like, yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna take a high school kid a year or two to get accustomed to making a position change. <laughs> when he camped, at, when he camped at Carolina, because I mean, Eric Kimry called me that day, uh, and he's like, "There was somebody here today. I've never seen anything like him in my life." Get, uh, he camped at Carolina as a rising junior. You know, what position he was playing safety. <laughs> safety. Safety. You know? So that's the deal there. John says, who are the defensive tackles for the future? That's a good question. That's an excellent question. Maybe they're in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Coming. Hey, I'll, hey, this day, these, these days, I'll, uh, I'll worry about next year when we, when we have to. <laughs> there is no tomorrow with the transfer portal. Uh, but but I, I, I agree uh, with you, John, that that is a concern. I mean, I, I'd be yeah. dumb to sit here and say, oh, young D tackles are great, in great shape. No, they're not. They got work to do there. Obviously, Rodney says my apparel looks more orange. And it does, and it's, it's that Clemson tint, too. It's not Tennessee. It, it is. I can, I can, I'm squint. I'm colorblind. So, you know, yeah, it, it don't, gives don't a little more. Whatever. So, uh, Pimple on the Blimps is the SE State running back any good? You tell me. Go watch his film. I think he's elite. Uh, yeah, he's, t- he's as, as far as 
talent-wise goes. So, yeah. um, doesn't mean he's going to be elite at this level, but uh, he definitely looks the part. So, uh, what side are you guys trying to sign up? Is it 24-7? Is that what we're talking about? Is that one of mine? The Big Spur? I don't think so. Carolina Rise? I'm not sure. I hope not. Well, speaking of that match for uh, the Garnet Trust, he has Carolina Rise given its uh, promotional portion to them yet? I know you were running the no, deal. No, it's coming up on the 20th. Were yeah, we're, we're going right up yeah, to the still, deadline it's, on it. It's, there's about 10. Included yet. Nice. Yeah, there's yeah. like 10 members and then our 24 initiative when you give yeah. uh, $24 you know, to enter the contest for some really sweet basketball tickets. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of which, basketball tomorrow, y'all, if you're near it, head to the CLA. You get free concessions, is my understanding. And uh, there's may or may not be a good reason for you to try to make that place look pretty rocking, even though it is Charleston Southern. I have a good feeling that if you're a Carolina basketball fan, Saturday is an outstanding opportunity to go <laughs> for a men's game. There's a good reason to go. Get some fannies in the seats and, and free food. You can't beat it, man. I mean, think of, the arena comes alive for free chick for the possibility of free Chick Fil A. That's right. It's not man. even guaranteed chicken. <laughs> Bring the kids, man. Bring the kids because uh, you can't feed your family. Golden Corral costs more than that, you know. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I harbor and the body transformation thing. We we can get we can talk about that all day. We'll get into that pretty soon, Saunders. And I certainly appreciate it. I certainly appreciate you all. I apologize for having to get off early today. Like I said, this is a, uh, sometimes life smacks you in the face right in the middle of a daggum great Friday show with Phil. But um, much love to all y'all. Thank you for the thoughts and prayers. This is Inside the Gamecocks' show. Download the Chief Sports app if you have not. Spread the word about that for us. Thank you to all our sponsors, uh, especially Chicken Cock Whiskey, the Barndo Co., uh, our boy Nana's Porch, Chris, Uh, it goes on and on. Uh, Britain's game comes. Britain's on divine. On and on and on. Will says, How do you get free food? You just show up. Just show, just show up, man. up. Yeah, it's popcorn, soda. Yeah, man. I hope they don't. Hot dogs. I think there'll be some horror stories. Like they'll, they'll run out of hot dogs. Oh, surely uh, they'll. That happened, to Mike, that happened to Mike Morgan one time. He goes to this place, they only sell milkshakes and hot dogs. He drives all the way over there to eat lunch because Mike loves hot dogs. And he's like, and I went there and they're out of hot dogs. So. <laughs> all yeah. right, folks. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully I have a resolution on this internet thing. But uh, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Phil, take care. This has been Inside the Gamecocks. The show we will be back Monday. Bright eyed and bushy tailed. Probably more convinced will be in the boat and have a lot to talk about. You guys have a wonderful weekend. And uh, thanks for tuning in. It's the most wonderful time of the year.